Hello and welcome to the Courage to Be podcast, where we explore how to raise your game, lean into discomfort and have more impact and purpose. I am your host, Sinead Millard. Welcome to the Courage to Be podcast. And no, I am not your host, Sinead Millard. My name's Elizabeth Kearns. And today I'm putting Sinead in the hot spot. Nice. Uh, yes. Thank you. And in the true spirit of the Courage to Be, which we'll get into shortly, uh, I haven't given Sinead any prep questions. No. So she doesn't know what I'm going to ask. So this really is Sinead in the hot seat with the Courage to Be. So my outcome for this uh, conversation between us is to really help your listeners get under the skin of Sinead Millard and mm. also to get under the skin of the courage to be, what it means um, to us as listeners, what it means in our everyday life and what it means to you and what's driven you to create the podcast. So I'm not going to ask the nutshell question now because it's such a broad mm. topic, isn't it? The courage yeah, to be. But yeah. for you, if there was the essence of it, what is the essence of the courage to be? First up, thank you, Elizabeth. And I think also just to share with our audience, the reason we're having this conversation is because I tried to record the first episode, which I overprepared, overthought, overscripted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I haven't done in showing up today. And I think that's our kind of first introduction into the courage to be. And it's the courage to kind of show up and be who it is we are in the world. And who knew that that would require courage? Um, but it does. Um, and I think we teach what we, we teach or we show or we embody what it is we're currently experiencing. Mm. Um, and for me, um, the courage to be really means living a life according to my values, according to my principles, what feels right for me, irrespective of the discomfort that that may bring. And what I mean by that is my goal is not to fit in. Mm. Um, it's not to conform. Um, it's it's also not rebellious. I'm not going mm. out into the world to kind of, you know, I talk about the courage to be disliked. Um, but, if, you know, obviously this podcast is a courage to be, but it's about going into the world and acting in spite of the fact that perhaps there will be people out there who don't necessarily approve of what it is you stand for or accept what it is you're saying. Um, mm. And it takes courage sometimes to go after that. Yeah, amazing. And what does it enable us to experience in life if we live more with more of this courage? I mean, in simple terms, I think it's more fulfillment. I mm. think if if we think about who we're drawn to, like if I look back um, at the people that I've always been drawn to, the people that I've admired or felt inspired by, there was just a real degree of kind of realness mm. to use a much used word, authenticity. But I think that I've, I do, I do admire when people have the courage to show up in their skin and mm. show up in, in a way that is, is very meaningful to them. And I think that when we do that, we definitely benefit from that in many ways. And I think you had said to me previously in, in a, in a session a few weeks ago, you know, listen, or life or body demonstrates when something's out of balance. And I mm-hmm. think that when we're not living a life according to our values, that shows up in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. And for you, you've been on quite a journey to get to this point, haven't mm-hmm. you? And there's been lots of transitions and lots of moving around and lots of rich ground for exploring this concept. And Maybe a lot of your listeners won't yet know, you know, what's brought you to this point and your kind of the professional history as well. So do you want to run us through that? Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. I think, you know, 
my if I look at my earlier years, um, like maybe starting point, not to go back too far, my masters, I was you know, very driven by external validation. I think that mm. was my I I worked hard, um, but more so to get respect from the outside, if mm-hmm. that if that makes sense. And then after my master's, I went to work for a company called Rekab and Kieser. I worked in marketing and business and um yeah I was I was pretty intense at that time <laughs> um I think I I mean I have no regrets about that time I look back on it I you know I created some wonderful relationships I had some fabulous learnings from a great company um but the degree to which I was chasing significance and acceptance and validation within mm-hmm. the corporate world was pretty was pretty extreme I mean there were points in time where I remember um Maybe I was three years into my, and this was like my first real job in Mm. marketing, you know, so it meant a lot. Um, And I reached a degree of success. I felt like I had proven myself within the company to a certain extent, but that almost brought with it additional pressure. Now Mm. I had something to live up to. And and there was a period of time where I was literally visiting the chiropractor before going into the office just to release some of the pain and tension that I was feeling in my shoulders. And of course, at the time, I didn't directly link it to, you know, some of the stress or Mm. the the job itself. Um, And it's not that there was anything particularly wrong with the job, but it was the mindset I had within the job, like this constant need to kind of get the next promotion, get the next Mm -hmm. transfer. And it it was exhausting because when you don't have that internal gauge as to whether or not Mm -hmm. you're doing a good job, it's relentless. You're constantly chasing the next, whether it's the next approval from your boss or whatever that may be. Um, So after many years in the Irish business, I transferred to the US um, and the rat race kind of began again. I was now in a new market. Mm. Um, I needed to prove myself again. Mm. I definitely knew that I was getting closer to, I was starting to open up to the fact that this is potentially not the industry I want to be in mm. forever, but I was nowhere near making a decision to leave. Yeah. How did you know? I knew, I knew because I was less able to tolerate some of, mm-hmm. some of the things I was experiencing. Um, I didn't have that same. Was the hunger still there? It was starting to dissolve, actually. Mm. And that, that didn't feel really good. As somebody who was quite ambitious, I was starting to see that ambition kind of dilute. I think the nature of change and the fact that I moved to New York and I was in a new business gave me a good injection um, of energy again. And, and I went after it, but it, it was it was definitely, and maybe in some respects, I became a little bit better at my job because I, w- I was becoming more fearless. I wasn't, this wasn't, you know, I f- this wasn't going to define who it is mm. I was. And I maybe just let go of the reins a little bit and just chilled out a little bit. Um, because and was there I'm, anything else you were doing externally to the job that was supporting that ability to yeah. release and have that? It feels like there was a kind of values hierarchy shift happening. At some yeah, point. massively. In, in New York, it was definitely yoga. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I lived in my local yoga studio outside of, of corporate. And I feel like that was literally my, my mm-hmm. sanity. And, and perhaps that's why I went on to train as a yoga teacher on leaving corporate. But that, that was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was starting to recognize that I needed those support systems. Like mm. I didn't even, like they weren't a nice to have. Yeah. 
they were a must. <laughs> yeah. And what was, I'm interested about your experience on the mat, you know, your internal experience, your physical experience. What were the emotional spaces that you were able to start to, because there was a big shift, wasn't there, from mm. being incredibly driven, incredibly externally focused and externally validated to it feels like this kind of opening of this inner landscape. Mm. What, what was your emotional experience in that? Yeah, time? no, that's interesting, actually. I've never thought about it in that context. And if I take myself to the yoga studio on a Saturday morning after working Monday to Friday, um, and I think it was... It, there was a huge sense of support, not just in the practice. I always draw on that first five minutes of class. And there's a particular teacher, Patrick, and I went to his class every Saturday morning. Um, and he would just give, a, you know, just a nugget, just a little insight at the mm-hmm. beginning of the class. And it was almost like that thing that would carry me through. Yeah. And and it's, and I guess it's, you know, I was in New York. I didn't have, mm-hmm. I, at this point in time, for the first six months, I knew nobody. Um, so you can have all these insights in your head, but sometimes hearing them mm. from a teacher or from a, some form yeah. of support just helps take you through. And obviously there was a physical practice, the mm. asana, but for me, I was really just drawn to those nuggets of wisdom and insights yeah. that I got from the teachers because I, I felt I needed them. Can you remember the themes that were resonating at that time for you? Yeah, authenticity. And, and you know, I don't always use that word because mm. I feel, you know, but absolutely, I, it's, it's crazy. I was so drawn to people who talked about being who it is you are. And, yeah. and, and actually, I think that maybe that's why I've always been drawn to, um, new countries. And that's mm. interesting. I've been thinking about that recently, you know, being the journey to unfolding or the journey to kind of, Becoming more of who it is you already are, um, for me has definitely been helped by living away from home. Mm. And I think that I've been, and I, I'm so, I absolutely love my, my home country and, and I have a great family, but I think that sometimes we need that or a degree of moving away. Mm-hmm makes it easier to play with who it is we are. And I, I talk about play because for me, it is a play. And that's mm. where the courage piece comes in because to find our voice, we need to use our voice and mm. we need to be okay with playing with that um, yeah. and not to be judged for that. Um, so sorry, a little bit of a tangent there, I think to back to your question. Yeah, No, the theme of authenticity, but yeah. interesting you bring up playing with your voice because that brings us back quite neatly to the podcast itself because yeah. it's a literal opportunity for yeah. you to play with your voice, which has been a part of your own journey yeah. to find the courage to be and the courage to speak and the courage to art- articulate your thoughts um why did you want to do a podcast the reason i wanted to do a podcast i guess for me it's another platform for me to connect with Mm. you know my potential audience obviously it's another platform to connect with my current audience but it's a much wider platform to hopefully connect with a wider group of people and for me it's a new challenge and i think that it's it's easy to become complacent with what now feels familiar and if I think about when I started to create video I mean that was a big deal for me and that sounds Mm -hmm. ridiculous now looking back it's like it it wasn't a big deal but for me I remember I had listened to Brené Brown at the time I was living in Cardiff um, and I'd listened to Brené Brown's Mm -hmm. TED talk on vulnerability and I felt like an, an overwhelmingly kind of urge to just 
be more vulnerable the and take more yeah and yeah. I guess it was and, and not just like the, the, the theory of what it what, what, mm. what she was saying resonated but for me I, I just wasn't living it out enough yeah and I think yeah. that's interesting because we can resonate with the insights mm. and and for me I have to constantly keep myself in check because yes all of this is is great and it's oh, wonderful it can be wonderful to live in the theoretical yeah but how that. much is it showing yeah. up in my life because at the end of the day there might be people out there who are interested in coming on the same journey, mm. right? Who might be feeling like they want to lean into courage more. Yeah. Or they want to have more of a voice and we can maybe go on that together and that would be great. But so how do we do that? How do we make for those people listening that mm. think, yes, this is, this is resonating. I have this overwhelming desire to be more authentic. I know I have a voice. Everyone keeps telling me to use it. Mm. What, what bridges the gap in your experience? What do you do practically on a daily or a weekly basis that in enables you to move from the theoretical into living the life of leaning mm. in and taking the steps of courage what does that actually look like mm. in everyday life I think it looks like very tiny pieces of action mm. and and I think very often like we hear the saying it's not the small things I think it is the small mm, things for sure I think it's all, always the small things and you know when I work with a particular client who has this urge to maybe change or to use their voice and, and they feel committed and they feel motivated they very often ask like how do I how do I do it and I say you know it's th- there's there's no one answer but it's about leaning into that sweet spot for you so listening to those signals maybe your signal is at the family table say something you know yeah. and you you instead of kind of just blocking that you say it or so let's get granular into those signals because I, I as mm. I'm hearing you I I can relate to what that's like for me but for those people that maybe are new to this yeah journey of kind of yeah. leaning in you're at a family dinner somebody says something you disagree with it contradicts with your really core values what happens in the mind and the body that is the signal for you yeah. So I think for me, sometimes it's literally a mental voice of mm-hmm. saying, say it, don't, mm-hmm. don't just sit here. You don't, you know, ha- have, have an opinion. Sometimes it's more of a physical feeling, like an urge, like a leaning forward <laughs> or a sense yeah. of, you know, and then very often there's, there's obvious signs whereby perhaps you're considering asking your boss for a raise, mm-hmm. like ask him. Like we have become petrified of the word no or of, of rejection mm. or there's nothing. It, you're just seeking information. You know, so I often talk about stripping away the emotion, right? So it's, it's, it's asking for what it is you're looking for, um, is not such a bad thing, even though the answer may be no. So I think the use of our voice can come into play in so many respects. Yes, around the family dinner table, mm. but perhaps it's, you know, more open dialogue with your boss or your coworkers or having a voice around the, 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 in, within the boardroom. Um, yeah. And what I'm hearing in all of this is that it starts from a place of orientating yourself towards what you want. So there has to be a, a platform at some point of knowing what it is you want from life or what it is that you're going for or some kind of clarity of direction. Is that yeah, true or not? That's interesting, actually, because I think some of my frustrations at the start were that I was like, I don't know mm. what I want or who yeah. I want to be. And it was almost like, I wish I was just, you know, naturally talented and I was a musician and or I was a <laughs> professional dancer and I knew what it looked like. Mm. Um, when I actually started to kind of just begin to play a little bit and, yeah. and go into the world and play and and not be afraid of what information was going to come back because yeah. I think that it I keep kind of I, I almost visualize it as an unfolding yes. and that unfolding takes 
action and practice in the real world. Yes. And perhaps as individuals, we want to know all the answers before we act. Absolutely. But the courage is in the action. Yeah. And knowing that, yeah, you'll get some stuff wrong. Absolutely. Mm. And you might look back at your first video and go, oh my God, that's horrendous. Mm. And so do you pay attention to your failure rate? Is that important to you as to how, you know, as a gauge to how living on the edge or how much courage you're exhibiting of as to how many mistakes you make or how yeah I think I I, I think it's really important actually mm. and I think because I think there's a balance you know I'm here talking about you know not over preparing not over perfecting but at the end of the day we also have to seek learning from what it is we've mm. done and do things differently in the future right mm. which also requires a degree of courage like I know for me listening back to some of the interviews that I've already recorded for the podcast like I need to listen back to learn as a novice I need to listen to what it is mm. I've already done and make changes in the future is that a little bit cringeworthy yes definitely <laughs> is I think there's a misassumption in a lot of um kind of personal development work and growth work that there's this panacea there's this magic pill and that it's an easy mm. process mm. but actually I think you and I are on a similar page with this mm. aren't we it's we're not advocating the everything is always easy and rosy in the garden. No, um, no. Because it's not comfortable, is it? No, it's so not at all. So talk to us all. a little bit about this, about discomfort and how we should, or how we could be viewing that, that actually lets us off the hook a little bit and makes mm. makes the experience of life a little bit more, a little bit less stressful. No, I think that's great. And I think if we look at discomfort and we almost look at it as a potential yardstick for success, I think first of all, it's good to recognize, okay, there's two types of pain or discomfort, mm. right? There's the pain in which for me going to a chiropractor to have my back released, maybe it's time to listen to that pain and go, okay, this, maybe something's out of whack mm. here. I'm living a life according to someone else's values. But then there's a discomfort and a pain that I refer to as almost like a good pain. You know, when you go to the gym, you don't smash yourself, but maybe the next day you're like, oh, I definitely feel I've done something. Yeah. And it's that reading that for yourself when life becomes, we're human beings, we want to be challenged. Yeah. And if we're not, we're not it living. was WB8 who said, if we're not growing, we're dying. Yeah. You know, and, and there is a degree of, I never, you know, people talk about change is uncomfortable. And, mm. and I always thought that that was kind of, big change like this was like this transformational mm -hmm. thing that would happen and all of a sudden it was it was difficult but actually it's just in those day-to-day -day moments like maybe waking up on a Monday morning with this huge bout of resistance of what am I even doing why did I decide to do this this is ridiculous mm -hmm. who am I to do this and then you still get up and you take action and you yeah. move through the day and you draw on those little tools that help you because it would be way more comfortable just to stay in bed and read your favorite book and drink massively and yeah yeah and for me I knew as well even leaving corporate I knew I said it would be way more comfortable yeah for me to stay here. Like it wasn't terrible in the end. That's mm. a terrible <laughs> benchmark. <laughs> but you know, I had a, you know, pretty yeah. predictable commute into work. I you know, had some great colleagues. We went for a morning coffee. Yeah. We went on great conferences. Living, <laughs> no. And that's the point. Yeah. Because so, for me, when I hear you speak about the courage to be, it's, it's the courage to live, isn't it? Mm. It's the courage to really live your life in the way that makes you feel alive. Yeah. And I know in all of the interviews and in, in the whole series, you're going to be sharing with us what that looks like on the ground and yeah. um, living your work as an example of that. So is there anything, you know, before we close off today, because we, we could literally yeah. talk for hours, <laughs> so I'm going to say, save you from that. Is there anything you want people to... Um, to play with yeah. between now and the next episode and also anything you really feel like they need to understand in order to just get started with this playing with the courage to be. 
Yeah, I think, okay, to play with. I mean, the first thing that always comes to mind for me when it comes to play is some form of action, Mm -hmm. right? Because so if there's something you've been contemplating, if there's a particular idea you have, could you maybe take that idea and turn it into a project and start taking some actions around that? If you felt a little bit mute in a particular situation and you know it's just not sitting with you, could you lean into that voice? I think more and more everyone wants a voice Mm. Um, and and that voice isn't necessarily a TED talk or, you know, a, a big extravaganza. It's just in a particular area of your life, are you... Are you keeping quiet when really you want to speak yeah. up? So there is, it, it always for me comes back to action, like perhaps, because I guess that's what helped me. You know, I've always enjoyed personal development. I've never shied away from any of that, but the extent to which I acted upon that was much less, you know, in my earlier years. So mm. I think for me, it just comes back to if there's something you're contemplating, can you start taking the tiniest form of action towards that? Because action will give you so much more information than anything else. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that As Brené would, would say, get in the arena. Get in the <laughs> arena. Exactly. I love a bit of Brené Brown. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and I love a bit of Sinead Miller. So thank you so much. And I know that we're going to hear amazing things from the podcast and from you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for listening. If there's something that you've heard in this episode that has resonated with you, or perhaps you think it could benefit someone else, then please do share this link or start the conversation. If you haven't done so already, click on the subscribe button in your listening app. And as always, I really value your feedback. So please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And for more information, full show notes, links and resources, you can pop over to my website, SineadMillard.com. See you next time back here on The Courage To Be.